Good evening, everyone, and welcome. It's another episode of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, alongside with Mark Rosen. And tonight we have a good one. The Vikings getting ready for week three, getting ready to play the Oakland Raiders. So as we uh, go into our encyclopedia of Skull Stories, we thought it'd be a great week to get back together with former Vikings player and head coach, Mike Tice, who's on the line with us right now. And Rosie, I know you've got a bunch of Mike Tice <laughs> stories, and I know Mike Tice has a bunch of Vikings stories, so let's get to it, Rosie. Yeah, we got a, we have a couple hours that are going for No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that, that's going to have to be extra. We, we charge extra for those. Mike, good to catch up with you. I think, uh, first of all, where are you? Uh, what are you doing? And uh, are you enjoying life? Well, first of all, hi. How you doing? Good to hear your voice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am... I am in Seattle, uh, and uh, we retired in that uh, little home that we bought uh, back in 96 when I first went into coaching, and uh, Diane and I are empty nesters, and um, we have one married, and Adrian got married last year, and they got engaged Mm -hmm. two weeks ago, so that's good. And uh, I am uh, retired from coaching, actively coaching. Uh, but what I'm doing is I, I have my foundation. I've had a uh, three-day event in the uh, Carson City, uh, Carson Valley area of Nevada with my friend Mike Pagram, and we've raised a million two for the Boys and Girls Club down there in nine years. Mm-hmm. And we've quietly done it. It's not a celebrity tournament. It's just a local tournament. And then uh, we are going to have another event here in Seattle, uh, a three-day event next August with the Seahawks. And so that'll be a celebrity tournament. So we're doing that. We stay busy with that, Diane and I. And we try to you know, help those that need help more than we do. I need help, but not that kind of help. <laughs> and uh, and uh, coaching, no active coaching. I'm going to go up to the high school actually today and uh, watch practice a little bit, North Mason High School. And I'm helping my dentist with his flag football team. He coaches his son. And uh, that's kind of about it. The other thing I'm doing is I started a podcast, Mark. I heard about and, that. Uh, yeah. 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 Odds and ends with Mike Tice. I uh, literally took a little shed I had on my property, 10 by 20, gutted it, moved it, put a window in, soundproofed it, and bought all kinds of fancy equipment, as you well know, and uh, put out about, uh, let's say, I put out about eight or so podcast and i'm working on a video podcast that i'm hoping to put out next week so did you anticipate kind of, uh, kind of delving into something like this what uh, what motivated you to to get involved in the the ever-expanding world of podcasts well uh my wife diane who you know and have been with mm-hmm. for four years uh 40 years plus uh i think i was driving her crazy last year and uh, you, know, you can only travel. You can only, yeah, right. You can only travel so much. So my son Nathan, the uh, Dinah Hornet, uh, mm-hmm. said that uh, why don't you uh, listen to some of these podcasts and maybe you should do one. And uh, you know what? So I delved into it and I'm having fun. You know, gaining followers each week. I've started a Twitter account. I'm tweeting and started putting video on the tweets. I put one out this week questioning the interference call that cost us a touchdown. I still call it us, the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, got some traction with that, you know, a few thousand views. And so I'm having fun with it. It keeps me busy, Mark. Your long and winding road to the National Football League, your last stop was with the Vikings opponent this week, uh, the, the Oakland Raiders. And, and if I'm reading this quote correctly, um, again, you have a very expensive uh, Wikipedia page, but you said you're retiring from coaching 
He says, you, you're ready to move on from the coaching ranks because, quote, players today don't want to be coached. Could you elaborate on that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I said that uh, to Barrero uh, after the season ended, and, you know, we were all frustrated, and the uh, season didn't go as well as it had the year before when we went 12-4, and four and we thought we had a shot going to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. And uh, you're frustrated with some players. You're frustrated with losing. You're frustrated with losing your job. Uh, you don't want to move anymore. You've had about enough of the moving thing. And and so you say that, uh, you know, you allude to some players that, you know, probably uh, didn't help us help us uh, succeed and and were a little bit, uh, you know, not wanting to buy in. And so that, you know, that's, that's that frustration talking. Yeah. Is the, what was the culture like of Oakland? We've always heard these stories, you know, the Al, from Al Davis, uh, on to where we are today with John Gruden uh, on their way next year to moving to Las Vegas. Is it real? Is it, the, is it, is it a different world? Because you spend a lot of time with a lot of different teams, from the Vikings to the Bears, Jacksonville, Atlanta. Um, what, what makes the Oakland Raiders the Oakland Raiders? Well, you know, they have a saying there that's once a Raider, always a Raider. And I think they really, Mr. Davis uh, and, uh, you know, Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock, they all uh, – uh, they all believe in that, and there's a, a very big, uh, like there is in other places, uh, Seattle is another one I could think of, uh, where they really reach out to the alumni and want the alumni around, and they don't shun on the alumni being around, and I think uh, that's the biggest thing that I saw is that, you know, there's a lot of old players that won a lot of games that'll make the flights for the way games, there's a lot of old players that, you know, have won a lot of games that'll be around during training camp, and um, I think that's the biggest thing that I saw. Mm-hmm. But that's also in other. This, that's also in other teams that I've been to. You know, the Vikings have a good alumni uh, deal. They're, I'm always invited to something. Seems mm-hmm. like a couple times a year. And uh, the Seahawks, I know for a fact, have a big one. And I'll tell you another one. Another stop that I made along the road. The Redskins. I got a letter in the mail the other day. I was one year with the Redskins and one training camp. And right, 1989. Uh, and yeah. they reach out. Yeah, they reach out every year for me to come to an alumni event, and a couple times invited me to races. But Coach Gibbs is, uh, you know, the deal in, in North Carolina. So it's. I think it's just part of the culture of the National Football League. All the teams that get it. Yeah, it was. Um, I watched a lot of the Hard Knocks episodes this year on HBO, and, and this right before the Antonio Brown soap opera exploded from from a distance. Uh, what did you make of that? Well, uh, that position is uh, is a very hard position to uh, you know have uh, on your team when you have a, a, a player that is gifted and can make uh, fantastic plays is oftentimes uh, you have uh, some drama that goes along with it. And uh, you can look around the league and look at those uh, skilled players, if you will, and and see the quotes and the comments and the tweets and the social media stuff. And uh, that's that goes along with the package, man. <laughs> well, what was it? Well, speaking of that, what was it like in, in retrospect to look back on your time with Randy Moss? I mean, he had, I mean, he had a bit of diva in him. We know that he uh, ruffled feathers a lot of different ways, but my God, uh, what a football player! Uh, was he a little different breed than you know the Antonio Browns of the world? The wholly different set of circumstances around surrounding Randy. Well, I haven't been around uh, Brown at all. I never even met him. But I know I've been around Randy, and Randy was an intelligent player that worked extremely hard in practice, didn't like failure, didn't like losing, and 
You know, when we were not winning and he was not getting the ball, he wasn't happy. When we were winning, it didn't matter if he was getting the ball. But uh, he wanted to win, and he wanted to help win, and he knew he could help win. And a very intelligent football player, Randy Moss. When you look back at your time with the Vikings, um, both as offensive line coach and, and, wow, I mean, you had some amazing players uh, up front. You think of, of Randall McDaniel, uh Matt Burke, uh, a guy who um, I, I think you probably took through kindergarten all the way to the graduating from the, in the offensive line. What, what comes to mind with some of the players and the relationships that you had here in Minnesota with the offensive linemen in particular? Well, there are a lot of great linemen that came through. You know, the thing about Randall, Randall was a great player when I became the coach and, and uh, became a coach. And we were teammates, and so that was a little bit of a, a awkward uh, relationship uh, mm-hmm. early on because I was one day his teammate and one day his coach. And, you know, you get the Matt Burks of the world and the Todd Stucys and God bless him and rest his soul, the Corey Stringers yeah, of the world yeah. and, uh, and the Chris Lewinskys and the Dave Dixons and, uh, you know, the guys that came through to help us when we had injuries, the Kevin Glove, the Glovers, and uh, 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 it's just – Offensive linemen are a different breed. They're special. The offensive linemen are a close-knit group. Um, you know, oftentimes uh, you never hear their names unless there's a penalty and a, and a touchdown's called back. And uh, they don't get a lot of the credit uh, often, but when they get the credit, it's probably been deserved five times over. That room was a special room in 1998 in particular, uh, that, that offensive line room, and they took a lot of pride in that. But they had some big personalities along with some outstanding players in that room, Mike. Yeah, we had great players. We had Jeff Christie, who was a is a high school fullback and scored a lot of touchdowns, and we moved him from guard to center and, and started pulling him and getting him out in space because he wasn't a big guy, and he ended up making the Pro Bowl in 98. Of course, you had the great Randall McDaniel, and you had Todd Stucey, who had an excellent year, and, and I think at one time they wrote an article in the Sports Illustrated that he was one of the dirtiest football players in the league. Hmm. Um, you know, of course, you had Burke, and you know, it was a, it was a it was a great year with a lot of great players and a lot of guys that wanted to be wanted to be great, and uh, that's what allowed us to score all those points and win all those games. And of course, uh, Randall Cunningham was on fire that year, and Randy Moss uh, came on the scene. Yeah, it was quite a year. Uh, we all know how it ended, but still uh, spectacular memories for everyone associated with it. And uh, your association with Denny Green, the late Denny Green, um, many p- people said he misunderstood, um, different kind of personality at times as well, but what was he like as a head coach? He was a brilliant head coach. He taught me a lot of football that I didn't know. He taught me how to look at defenses in a triangle, in, the, in three triangles, and how to break down a defense as far as game planning to be able to run the ball and get the angles that you needed. Uh, he was an excellent, excellent play caller, and although he didn't call the plays a lot, but certainly when he had a suggestion, you, know, you knew that as a coach and assistant coach, that was going to be a good suggestion because the man knew football. He knew X's and O's, and, and he knew how to teach, and he knew how to relate. Yeah, his players seemed to respond to him all the time. They they had his back, and uh, he was very protective um, of that locker room, and I think it, it showed with whether it's a Robert Smith a uh, Jake Reed, uh, and I know you mentioned Corey Stringer, the late great Corey Stringer, but um, unforgettable, uh, horrific day. But at the same time, the bond that the players had that was demonstrated that day uh, really showed everyone what what that team was all about. Yeah, everybody wanted to win for Danny, and everybody knew that he deserved uh, to to win and to get a Super Bowl. Everybody tried. You know, we had our moments. We had a lot mm-hmm. of personalities and. 
at times certain personalities took over and uh, but uh, you know Denny found a way to have us all going in the right direction, especially in that '98 season. And a lot of people forget that we came right back in 2000, yep. and uh, and unfortunately lost, uh, got blown out in New York in another championship game two years later. I got a couple things to do before we go sure. to break because I want the folks to uh, go to Twitter and search Mike Tice or just search Odds and Ends Pod. That's where you can get coach tice's new podcast and i encourage everyone to go check that out because coach tice has got a lot of ideas and opinions on the game so you can stay up to date with coach tice there on twitter at at odds and ends pod on twitter before we go to break want to remind folks join mike musman along with cj ham for vikings country tuesday september 24th at shortstop in coon rapids presented by miller light you could win great prizes including tickets in the miller light lounge at u.s bank stadium visit vikings.com slash vikings country for more info and a full schedule and for more mike tice with rosie stay tuned we'll be back after this Hey everyone, it's Skull Stories, it's Wabi, and it's Mark Rosen Moore uh, with former Vikings head coach and player Mike Tice coming up in a minute. But first, remember on Friday, it's the Friday Football Feast. Join Paul Allen and Paul Charchian at Buffalo Wild Wings in Champlin on Friday from 9 to noon for the Friday Football Feast. The Feast is presented by Coors Light. Check out the complete schedule at vikings.com and on the Paul Allen Show page at KFAN. Also, join the Vikings on Saturday, September 21st from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in the Mall of America Rotunda for the NFL 100 Fantennial Celebration presented by Courtyard by Marriott. Fans can enjoy performances from Skull Line and Cheerleaders, a live KFAN broadcast autographs from Vikings legends, plus Vikings prizes throughout the day. Learn more at vikings.com slash NFL 100. Rosie, you and Mike Tice are having a great conversation. Keep it up. All right, Mike, you still refer to the Vikings as we. Uh, how much uh, attention are you paying on a weekly basis to the ups and downs of this football team? A lot. Um, you know, I have my teams. Everyone says, who you root for? I grew up a Giants fan in New York, and uh, they're hard to root for right now, just like my Knicks are. I haven't followed the NBA <laughs> since, since uh, you got to find some new Knicks teams. The Knicks haven't had a winning season in I don't know how long. I think I had hair, but when they were... When Clyde Frazier. I think we got to go back to Clyde, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Clyde, <laughs> Dick, Dick Barnett, and Dave DeBusher. When I grew up, I wanted to be Dave DeBusher. That's what I wanted to be. Oh, so, uh, you know, um, I follow the Vikings a lot. I, as you know, uh, I have a lot of dear friends in Minnesota still. A lot of my bunnyites uh, over at Bunnies are... are uh, still very close. Yeah, I think about you every time I pull into Bunny's parking lot, and I, I want to know if I could st- have your parking spot at some point. That would be an honor. Yeah, That's hanging in my studio. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I do root for the Vikings, and, you know, it's unfortunate uh, you know, that I wasn't able to finish the thing out there, uh, but I, I had so many great memories, and, of course, I was blessed to be uh, head coach in National Football League, blessed to win a playoff game in Green Bay, and um, and so, uh, of course, I follow the Vikings. I follow the Seahawks, too, because I played for them for 10 years. I don't really refer to them as we, uh, but I, I do refer to uh, the Vikings as we. And, well, it's, uh, that's, you know, those, those are my teams. As someone who has a great appreciation and understanding of what it takes for an offensive line to gel, um, I'd like to get your early thoughts with the, the ability of Dalvin Cook to, to not only run the football, but uh, an offensive line that's uh, was had to be rebooted this year. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, the rookie center, and and really, can you win in the National Football League 
uh, with a strong running game. It sounds kind of silly, but uh, with the, the world of passing and passing and more passing, how important is it? Well, I tell you, I uh, actually looked at a lot of games last night. I think I looked at six six or so games uh, on my computer on that uh, Game Pass because I can get the coaches film. And uh, you know, for some reason, I don't know what the reason is. I go right to that end zone film and look at that mm-hmm. look at that tight copy of that offensive line. And and there's a couple teams out there that I think are running the ball fantastically well and and winning. And one of them is San Francisco, you know, mm-hmm. having 250 something yards rushing last week. Uh, I had tweeted the week before and showed a couple run plays, and and they ran the ball okay opening week, but they won. And I said it's going to be exciting to watch them run the ball this year. And thank goodness they ran for 258 because it made it look like I knew what I was saying. And then the Vikings are running the ball explosively, and that's the thing is they're getting the the 49ers and the Vikings are getting those 12, 15 yard chunks, and that's giving you first downs, and and you're going to be able to win a lot of games if you can run the ball like that, because sooner or later they're going to have to put eight in the box and they're going to have to uh, try to stop that run with an extra guy, and that's when you're going to be able to throw the ball over the top of them. And that's going to happen. Now, Viking fans, that's coming. I promise you it's coming. One of the things that uh, you know the quarterback does well is is he can throw a deep ball. He throws a nice deep ball. And so hopefully we'll get to see some of that this week when they mm-hmm. play the Raiders. Um, the other team is running the ball fantastically well, and I like them this week too. Is the Cowboys? I mean, they're running. Yeah, it's not out of the ball, and uh, and I have Ezekiel in my fantasy football. I'm fantasy. Well, football that's a good pick this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I well, you know, don't. I was on the plane. It's a family thing. There's ten of us. And I was on the plane, and I had the automatic pick. So I don't want to say I drafted him. But they, uh, <laughs> I got him with the automatic the automatic draft. <laughs> I think from players to coaches to fans to media people, Mike, a lot of people feel maybe the genie's out of the bottle a little bit night right now. With the, that, the game to a certain extent has become—I don't want to use the word unwatchable—but dis, discombobulated because of all the replays and challenges and the unknowns. And last week, Dalvin Cook got called for a penalty that wasn't even called on the field; it was called in New York. Uh, how do you make heads or tails about what's happening with all this? Well, I hate to say it, and uh, I don't work for the NFL anymore, but they are paying my pension. Uh, I think the officiating has not been good. It's been, uh, in fact, the play that you alluded to, I tweeted on, uh, Mm -hmm. that was a broken coverage. Three guys, if you watch the tape again, three guys chased the tight end, Irv Smith uh, Jr., to the flat, number 84. So they had a busted coverage. It was zone, and that defender matched up with the the running back and carried him. We call that carried him through the zone. He wasn't even trying to get over the top. So if he's not trying to get over the top, how can you call a pick? I just don't get it. And there was incidental contact by both players. It was mm-hmm. a, an atrocious call, an atrocious call that really, really hurt us uh, quite really badly. I mean, at a time in the game where a touchdown, you know, that thing could have you know went the other way. And, you know, we don't like the interceptions, we don't like the turnovers, but uh, you know, we'll get those under control. And I'm sure the coaches will do a good job of that. But we got to keep running the ball and playing. We're playing great defense. You know, two years in a row. I know people know this, but two years in a row, the Vikings defense led the league in third down conversions, meaning they had the lowest rate of conversions against them on third down. If they could pull that off again this year and they could run the ball and not turn it over, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, and as you know, Coach, if you can run the ball, especially down there in the red area, that's a great way to convert in some of those crucial situations. So back to your point about the Vikings being able to run the ball, there's another reason that you want to be able to do it. Yeah, no, it's it's good, and it, and, it, and it brings a physicality. I've always said and gotten in trouble a few times from uh, head coaches for saying this, 
you're not big up front if you're going backwards. I mean, and if you if you're fast protecting and you're backpedaling, you're not you're not 320 pounds anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, when you're going forward, you're 320 pounds. Yeah. So I like I like the big guys going forward because when they go forward, you're able to you're able to build that that temperament of the football team of your offense. You know that toughness. Yeah. As we get close to uh, wrapping this up, I mean, I think about you, Mike, as a player back in Seattle in 1981 and really finishing up in Oakland in 2017. That's a hell of a run. Uh, it sounds like you've had uh, your fill of it, and you're very happy and very content. And you can still delve into the NFL, as you just talked about. You're still passionate about it, but from a distance. And so you seem like a, a very content uh, person right now. Well, I'll tell it. You said that to Diane. She didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get carried but, away uh, here. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Mark. I took a year off from football. I wasn't a fan last year. I didn't watch many games. Uh, this year, I'm, I'm really excited about watching as much football as I can watch. And and you know, it's something like uh, you know. I mean, you spent your whole life doing it, so you, your your opinions, I think, do matter when you know what the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's our pleasure to have you on, Coach Tice, and folks who want to check out some of your work it's the odds and ends pod at odds and ends pod on twitter that's how you can find out how to subscribe to coach tice's podcast and i see on the profile page that's a picture of a horse track coach tice so i bet you there's some Mm -hmm. horse racing stuff every now and then huh there is and this week i'm going to have the great jockey gary stevens on he's going to be one of my guests and the show since the season started the show is uh, comes out on fridays and uh, I hopefully have a couple of guys I requested. I, I requested a couple of head coaches this week, so I'm hopefully I'll get one. But I do know I'm having Hall of Famer Gary Stevens on. We're going to talk a little horse race. Nice. Too. That's a good deal. All right. Thanks a lot, Coach Tice. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. Thanks hey, Mike, so much. Coach, All right. That's former Vikings player and head coach Mike Tice. Awesome stuff there, Rosie, from Coach Tice. Yeah, interesting guy. He he uh, he has seen it all, and there, there's so much more to talk about. But I think uh, it's good to hear him talk about his uh, involvement still with the game. Um, he certainly knows his stuff, and I, it's, it's good to hear uh, that he's, uh, again, content in his own way. That's a long run in the NFL, no matter what you're doing. And yeah. I think he uh, he deserves to have a little time off. No doubt about it. And great. I don't want his bunnies. I still want his bunnies parking pa- pipes. Well, we'll, we'll take a visit to his studio and steal that parking <laughs> sign down exactly. from the wall. Yeah. All right. Vikings and Raiders, Sunday at noon from U.S. Bank Stadium. Yours truly and Mark Rosen will be here next week for another episode of Skull Story, so make sure you stay tuned to that. Thanks, Rosie. Good job. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. For now, we're out of here. Skull Vikings.